Hello and welcome to Pellets Babble. We are back and this time for a sort of mini election series. I'm Archibald Elliott. And I'm Oliver Sykes. And we'll be taking you through some of Manx politics. So yes, Oliver and I are back after our summer break. It has been a good fun having some time off. Well, not really time off. We've uh, managed to, uh, you know, put together something. I'm sure you'll hear a snippet of that in a minute. Yes, indeed. Yeah. How's your summer been, Oliver? It's been it's been pretty good, uh, enjoyable. Um, yeah, I suppose I've been busy, um, but it's been good to put the program together and, and get that out. And uh, I'm sure we'll be talking more about that later on. But um, yes, we're back and we're raring to go ahead two weeks away from the Isle of Man general election on the 23rd of September. 2021 it's exciting times indeed indeed well you make sure you do now after obviously registration is now closed so if you've not registered that is just unfortunately unlucky uh, but make sure you go out on and vote 8 a.m to 8 p.m at your polling stations on obviously 23rd of september um that's it's, obviously it's, upcoming it, you know yeah. it's it's a very important thing to do i definitely think it's probably one of the most important things that you should should be doing you know on that day um what else is there? It's a Thursday. Come it's, on, it's yeah. a Thursday. Go out and vote. But, but, but um, I, I just think it's so important to go out and vote. Um, why, why would you encourage people to go out and vote, Archie? Well, I'd encourage them to go out and vote mainly because they can actually influence the policy that affects the island for yeah. at least the next five years, if not longer, because obviously policy is ramifications later down the line. Uh, so it's main, mainly go out there and have a say, have your voice heard on the political stage. Um, but obviously Oliver and I, oh, not obviously, but Oliver and I will be uh, sporadically on Max Radio that evening from the Pure Centenary Centre, so you can probably hear our voices listening over the airwaves. Yes, at indeed. Some point. A, a lot of people do sort of go, um, you know, they say, oh, you know, it's it's not that important voting and things like that. But it is because it does affect everything in your life. You know, the government um you know create policy which which definitely does affect you so um i think it is is vital that you you go out and, and vote on on um september the 23rd only two weeks away and you've got from 8 a.m in the morning till 8 p.m in the evening so that, that i don't think there's really a, an excuse to why you couldn't be able to make it unless you were doing a 12-hour shift or something in between that time uh, there's plenty of time to do it and um like you say if you, if you want to know more there's a lot of information out there online um and especially uh, myself and archie have set up a website youthvote.im that's youthvote.im yes um yes. we spent quite a while putting putting that together and putting resources and a lot of information on there in a simplistic way for for you guys the youth and or if you're not the youth and you're watching it for you know for it to be simplistic and, and easy to view so you know um what's going on on, mm. on the day and, and where to go because uh, it's going to be my first time voting as well as you archie indeed, so indeed. um you know i i not necessarily until sort of having to investigate didn't know where i was going to be going to go to vote mm. well um, i must say it's also the best singular best part of the website is you can find out if your candidate was a cake what cake would they be that's obviously the most important question indeed uh, it's actually it's, it still is very it's a very interesting mm. part it does influence your decision i think we got one which said 
they wouldn't be a cake because they didn't like cakes or something <laughs> along that line. But Fair enough. Go, go check it out. Not all the candidates, unfortunately, have responded yet to our form, and we are working. We're volu- voluntary role, so we are working to get uh, all the forms submitted up there. So indeed, indeed. Don't fret on on that regard. But in the meantime, well, no, sorry, our uh, recording cut off. I accidentally clicked the wrong button. I don't know how that happened. Well, you know, we're back. I was gonna say. Uh, in the meantime, we're leading up to our mini uh, Manx election series. So this week we're going to take you through uh, what on earth, what on earth is Timwald? What are MHKs? What is uh, Legco? Obviously, Legislative Council. Uh, and what are the departments which really do make up our governments? Well, so I, I stay can tell you for that. I can tell you first that Timwald mm. is the oldest, most con- is the oldest continuous parliament in the world. Um, so that is that's that's the first. When did point it come to uh, fruition, Oliver? Oh, I think it was. Um, oh, I may be wrong. I, you know, I'm just gonna say it was sixty, uh, sixteen something, sixteen forty. I don't know. Six. Do you know Archie? <laughs> oh, well, it's, it's, <laughs> so I don't actually know the exact date myself. I was trying to get away, get away there. Uh, yes, it. It. I. It's, it's, I think it's a disputed exactly. Uh, when when it, when it occurred, but the earliest surviving records were from 1400. Obviously, it's gone on 1400. Much. No, right. but, no, was, no, but yeah. it, it came it came along there uh, long long uh, before. So I think the first assembly, which is there's no technical evidence, but the uh, first assembly is taken as yeah, so hel- being held in nine uh, 979 oh, right. okay. AD. Okay, but but you know we don't a hundred percent sort of know. Um... But it is the oldest continuous part, yes. and that's that's generally accepted. That, you know that that's yeah, that's what it. So we, what what on obviously Timwald is what we call this is our name for the um our our, our, par- our parliament where people sit and make our laws. So we have obviously two branches of Timwald. We have Legislative Council, which is kind of the upper chamber, and then we have uh, House of Keys, which is the lower chamber, and they both sit together in Timwald Court. Uh, to form a full chamber, which is quite an odd system. It's not usually seen in most other places around the world. And the people you'll be voting in on the 23rd of September are members of the House of Keys. So they're um, the members of the lower House of Parliament who directly elect, and they put all the policy... They kind of submit the policy to then go forward into law, etc., and vote on it. Which makes up 24 members of Tim Wolves. Indeed, um, yes. And there's uh, then 11 members of LegCo, which makes up the whole 35... Mm. Um, so yeah. Well, yeah. There's two members, interestingly, for uh, each each constituency. So it didn't used to be that way. It used to be three. It didn't know. And then it, it well, it used to be three changed. for some, one for so, others. Yeah, it, it, was, was, it, was it was. I think odd. it's a lot fairer now that it's two. A lot of people argue that we should have. Well, less. it's because different the the boundaries. The will boundaries merge, of all, yeah. And they'll change. So we have obviously Arbury Castle Town Malou, the best constituency on the island. Not that I live there, of course <laughs> not. Uh, we have Aaron Michael right up north. We have Douglas Central, Douglas East, Douglas North, Douglas South. There's quite a theme going on here with Douglases. Uh, we have Garth, which really is a bit of an odd. No one really knows this as Garth. So it encompasses like Laxey, Magold, that that kind of Glenmona, that kind of area. Uh, we have Glenfarber and Peel. I, again, Glenfarber is something most people aren't really familiar with. We know Peel, and that covers kind of like St. John's, Dolby, Glen May, obviously Peel in itself, uh, and some parts of Foxdale. The line's very clear that I was driving past it on the way in, uh, and you saw the election signs for candidates. I won't mention their name because then I have to mention all their names. And then literally 20 feet down the road, you can see the signs change to the different candidates for Glenfarber and Peel because it's right on the boundary. 
Yeah, and um, you've noticed them go up. Like I've not noticed. Yeah, yeah. I, actually, there's a, a couple in the Douglas South area, and then literally over the past few days, they're everywhere, and they are noticeable. Even mm. if I'm just sort of looking along, and they do catch your eye. Mm. Um, most of the posters, some uh, they are quite interesting. How you know various different types of posters that some people. Some, some of them look better than for. others, I can say. Yes, some yes. are very simplistic, very simplistic. Which is good, which is... I, I like. I personally like simplistic election posters, almost like, vote uh, Joe Bloggs uh, for <laughs> middle, or something like that. <laughs> Joe Bloggs is not standing in the middle, so we, we, we don't endorse any candidates. Uh, but that's very simple there, with a, maybe a picture or just a sign. We've seen some others which are just words, some and, picture and, and words. And some of them are, t- are too small. And, yeah, and you can't and, read them properly. And then people know. just go, oh, mm. you know, it doesn't interest them. But you, carrying it, on with the constituencies, obviously we've got Middle, Onkin, Ramsey and Russian, which is, I'm going to say, Russian rank, ranks the lowest there, oh. for all the sake. Uh, obviously, all, all jovial. Well, I there. think I, I think Russian is the most picturesque constituency. Um, really, really? Yeah, I do mm. think so. Mm. Yeah. yeah we're, with we're its two ports, with its two ports, and its fantastic, uh, you know, sort of uh, cliffs and all. I think it, I think it's great. I think the views are the, are, are the best. Uh, uh well, we'll differ on that. It's personal choice, personal choice. <laughs> but obviously, yeah, you've got those those uh, those MHKs, and then they'll eventually get le- elected. They'll amongst themselves they'll elect a chief minister who will lead our island. And it then... now only needs to be elected by a majority of. House of Keys before it would have to be, I don't know what it, it was a simple majority now to remove yes. it. Sorry, yeah, but it's not only voted by the House of Keys last time, it was also voted in by Ledgeco, yes, which is quite interesting. Which is, yeah, mm. it is. I suppose it's putting that more um representation to the to the people so that so the candidate at for, going forward for chief minister is decided by the people's representatives rather than the the, the last um sort of the last lot of mhks that were selected in who elect, get elevated uh, get, yes. yeah, get, uh-huh. get uh yeah basically but we've seen, we've seen the people get more of a choice interesting we've seen quite a few of the mlcs that actually have weren't weren't in um the low the house of keys before it used to be more you were house of keys and then eventually you go up to ledgeco and all yes that. but now it's changed there's more you go you into Ledgeco in, and then where you come, and then you can go into the House of Keys and afterwards. Or it seems. There's there's some people that have gone mm. into House of Keys, Ledgeco, and then come back down. Or it's, trying to come yeah, back down. Or, yes, yes. Uh, yeah. yeah. So obviously then they'll elect a chief minister. Chief minister will then appoint his cabinet, who then lead the different departments on the political side. So you have the uh, cabinet office, which is led I suppose by the Minister of Policy and Reform. Uh, then you have the Education, Sports and Culture, which you know, manages education and I suppose more most of the education is the main bulk of it. Yes. There's a bit of sports in there yeah. and cultural stuff, and then and the department of enterprise, which manages all of the business development, almost. Not almost. It does. That's what it, it does. does. It uh, does. The environment, food, and agriculture, who kind of look at the environment. For, they do a bit of forestry as well, mm-hmm. and look at our food production islands, making sure it's environmentally friendly. Mm-hmm. So there's the main point of there. Uh, health and social care does what it says on the tin. Yes, but now only really. Uh, looks at policy rather yeah. than managing because, because it's an, at arm's length arm they, is now Manx, Manx Care. Care. So it doesn't mm. really have... It, it's just policy now. Not it's it's changed. Yeah, uh, department, it seems. And Home Affairs, which manages our police, fire, ambulance... Not ambulance, that's under Manx Care, but they, they manage emergency services. Yes, so I suppose yeah. some of the critical responses... And the prison, and, uh, and also justice as well. Mm, uh, yeah. They, I think it was some point last year they branched justice into Home Affairs mm. um, as well. 
um, which is interesting. Yeah. And then we've got infrastructure, the uh, what I think Oliver and I like to call, as many other people do, the Department of Incompetence, because it's so such a big old rambling department. I'm sure we get onto it later. And then we have the Treasury, last of all, which kind of decides our economic policy on what the island wants and, to do. And what budget we do with our finance, well. yeah. Arguably, I think what most would call the most powerful of those departments. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Uh, because it holds the purse strings at the end of the day. Yes, um, and or if you're the Department of Infrastructure, you can just not complete any of the projects <laughs> and hemorrhage so. money right there uh, yeah oliver and i definitely don't have a gripe against the department so i i think i said there's there's one thing i sent in for looking to bus campaign they said well we're welcome to look at your proposal if you can give us a cost of proposal for it okay that'd be great i'd love to create a cost of proposal could i have the data to allow me to make the costs of the proposal so i can plot out i can put the modeling in i can say well it would cost this much and if you xyz people on the buses it would cost this less to reduce the price for youth did I ever hear back? Well, I, I did email back a few times, and still you just don't get anywhere. It seems, and, really. and, and I think this is the problem: is that um, the sort, you know, with this um, election coming up, a lot of MHKs seem to be pushing for. You know, there's a lot of um, pro- lot of issues that are that are sort of big priorities. Yeah, and a lot of them are sort of pushing for that change. Um, and it's it's annoying because you know whether that will be fulfilled because you seem to come in every election and everyone you know wants to go for change, mm. um, but it changes the big buzzword yes, at the moment. But whether you know we've sort of a lot of people talk about how you know the the civil service has has more control over things than than mm. the actual people in the parliament, the people that want to put forward the, the decisions and plans, which is is true that the mm. you know. Um, it is a bit of a 50-50, whereas, you know, the parliament puts the policy and the <laughs> the sort of civil service sort of draws the plans and they can influence things. Um, mm. Well, I think some people, well, obviously there's been some talk about maybe devolving some of the Department of Infrastructure, maybe break it up into either different departments because it manages so much at the moment, or giving some of the power, maybe like pothole fixing or road maintenance, back to the local authorities because then it can easily identify but uh, but a lot of people mm. now want the local authority reform exactly um, it's, it's it it's just it's a minefield you're having people wanting more stuff to get local authority, so, big government reform and little government th- reform. there are so many mm. issues coming up ahead of this election whether it be the all-island rate system whether it be local authority mm. reform whether it be housing whether it be education whether it be climate change there are so many issues it is that sort of we've got to make some sort of priority list we cannot fix everything that is Mm. pretty clear so it is about you know we're not going to be able to implement things straight away so it's going to be it's going to be difficult and we we do need a a reform i feel uh, within the government because i do feel as though like you say the department of infrastructure does have too much responsibility and we've now learned from the the promenade scheme that there's going to be a cap capital projects actual team so mm. none of the departments will ever handle pr- big projects uh, ever again because it simply cannot be done <laughs> it simply cannot be done which makes sense you know mm. we have seen good things from this administration but um we, we some haven't good, some we, bad. we haven't seen that mm. you know and it always is in that sort of final few months before the election is we start seeing problems that need addressing and all the candidates proposing we're going to address these issues but whether they will happen and or we'll get the best sort of um outcomes from them we will find out mm. I, I suppose yeah I was, I was briefly distracted there by a, a picture of a colonopsis oh, 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 i can't pronounce it colonopsis 
why can't I pronounce that word? Kolonopsky or whatever it is. Uh, that was on the screen before. And, you know, yeah, it's not so nice to look at. So maybe that's what needs to happen to the Isle of Man government. It needs to have a look what's going wrong. Now, obviously bringing in the Auditor General Office yes. um, soon, which will have a look at the... It's taken what, a while to do that. They've been they've been talking uh, yeah. about it for a long and time. And cutting down on government waste, yes. which hopefully will then free up more... Uh, funds for capital projects or kind of bettering, bettering our own community without uh, increasing that I tax suppose, burden. Yeah, and I suppose we have had some, you know, really big issues to deal with with with, the, with COVID and Brexit, and it has put a lot of pressure on things. But I think the best thing is that we that we should not make promises um, depending on mm. you know on what's going to happen. The best the best thing is is to have a to have a, a priority list. But I've also heard Archie. I don't know whether this is true or not. Um, but they, the, the sort of people in the civil service, c- comprise um, of what the government's uh, program for government's going mm. to be sort of around this time, even before the election, of things that are on um, the list that of candidates are wanting to sort of put forward in their manifestos. What the program for government is? I say it doesn't. It wouldn't surprise me if they did. But as we all know, the the civil service in this disregard is somewhat secretive. We have no idea yeah. what really goes on yeah. inside. So um, they, they, they appear whether that's open, the case not or not, open. but I don't think that's the best way to to do things. Um, or be this uh, hum- Humphrey Applebee's in government uh, looking looking at uh, the policy. Mm. Uh, if you have watched Yes Minister, if not, I do recommend this. It, it, yes, it is a seventies or eighties sitcom, uh, a political sitcom, but it is it still stands to this day and it is hilarious to uh, to watch. So I, I do recommend. I I do enjoy them greatly. And the Yes Prime Minister one after it, it had a few quite a few seasons. It was very 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 good. Yes, that's where some Humphrey Appleby obviously comes from, the civil servant that gives all the spiel and gives the minister to like it's, it's all powerful civil servant idea. So like, oh, the minister. So you, what what the, what you would do is, it's kind of like gives the spiel where you don't understand what they're saying, uh, and then you like all present like we'll present you with five options. You don't like the five, but it, I think it's something the other day where it was uh, the Peggy moving back to Castletown, and some people say. It was an election meeting. Oh, it cost five million pounds. This is ridiculous. It was one of the people asking a question. Not a, ca- not a candidate. Yeah, no, it's I one do of the think it's ridiculous. That it and then, oh, pounds. we look at other scenarios. I think was a response from someone. But well, the other scenarios, what they could suggest is, well, we have one at five million. The other scenario, one, it's one of the many scenarios. The others at ten million, and ones at fifteen, ones at twenty. I think we should take the five million option. It's a bit, it's a bit like that almost. I feel at the moment. Yeah, it it definitely is. I mean, everyone's got, everyone has different views and different opinions on what mm. they want to prioritize. But um, I do find it a bit bizarre that that is potentially what I've heard is is um, the way that they sort of plan the program for government is in August, and it's what on the 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 list of candidates' uh, ideas and agenda. Uh, I think it should be sort of more decided there and then by potentially the ministers in the very start of October, mm. and then. Present, well, the part, presented for Tim will probably hmm. the part which makes me not doubt it so much is the speed and the turnaround in which the program for government's produced yes because surely the government comes in you vote the chief minister in he then has to put his cabinet in place then, and they, then they, deci- invite- they decide on a program for government and then it but should get voted through to, into Tim World, I can't I think. see it ta- it would take in theory months yeah uh, because if you in the UK you have a different scenario because you have a party and the party can make its program for government and it takes months to get it they already have all the manifestos and have a whole team of researchers working on it. And it'll take a while to get through and then they'll have to agree. 
I don't see in that time scale how feasibly can really be such a quick turnaround here. Well, who knows if we're going to get a few candidates in uh, f from from parties that are, are standing over here that they all have said, you know, we all do actually follow very similar policies. Um, so it sort of would be good if, you know, if we if we I don't think there's enough standing if, to form. No, a government, though. but but it it can be influential. You know, if there's mm. several of them do get in, then it's block voting almost. Yeah. Mm. It could it could definitely change. It could make it a definitely more split. And obviously, we're seeing in this this time round the uplift for being a departmental member. So usually, when you'd become a political member of a, one of these departments you mentioned, uh, you'd like help out with certain stuff. You'd be given responsibility in certain roles. Usually, get a I think a thirty percent uplift. That's mm -hmm. now being removed and just added to the basic pay of an MHK, so it stays the same. And we've had lots of MHK candidates saying they wouldn't look to take on a departmental role if they're elected. Which is very interesting, so because what do you yeah. do then if no one wants to become a department, departmental well, it, member? It basically means it's going to be a lot, I think it could be potentially a lot, lot harder to pass policy through, because you have a, let's say you have a policy from the Department of Enterprise and already independent MHKs, backbenchers, we've kind of, backbenchers are referred mm. to as those who aren't in yes. the main government. For those who don't um, know. Or, yeah. yeah. Uh, for those who don't know. So the backbenchers might be all against it, and then they'll be saying, no, we don't want to do that. But under block voting, usually the Council of Ministers have collective responsibility. They'd have to vote for it. Department of Enterprise members, because they're members of the department, have to support it. So it's then more likely to get passed, because you have, is it like eight ministers or five, six? How ministers uh, are there? The, I think there is... Uh, wait, two, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight, and, and the and chief minister. Yeah, so yeah. nine is the council of ministers, and maybe you have two, three departmental members. Well, that makes up twelve. Well, that's now, gonna that's gonna much more yeah. speedily pass the policy. You need one backbencher, but let's say there's only one departmental member, then you have ten. Yeah, and then you might have a, again another. There's been a bit against. of a, a kick off though. I uh, I remember because I can't remember what it was. But there was someone in uh, legislative council who ended up being a member for three departments, and it was someone said, "Oh, you shouldn't be doing that." Um, um, well, there's no harm being members of departments, no. but obviously, for the policy to progress further, it has to get through the House of Keys yes. before it can even progress to Legco. Yeah. So it it could prove quite interesting in the ne next legislative cycle. There might have to be more collaboration because at the moment it is Coman will block vote to say. We're ending question time now. And you have a few allies, obviously, mm. the Department of Positions, they put them in. Um, but now, it would be really, really interesting to see if there actually there's enough members who want to be ministers and members of the department. That will be fascinating. I definitely think that we'll be seeing a different comb into what we have currently have. Obviously, we've got um, mm. the Chief Minister uh, will be sort of departing um, come October. Um, and Lawrence Skelly has obviously been promoted up to um there might be a lot the president yeah. of timwald um, it all depends on the election turnout really it does, to what, it to does. What we're seeing. Uh, but we're definitely going to have a few people not in um in 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 the council of ministers so it'll be interesting to see uh what changes and it all depends on who the chief minister is um it, it's, it's yeah it's, it's more i think with these pledges to not take on departmental not seek a departmental member role not seek a ministerial it, yeah it's going to be that's that that's the interesting part but equally will they stick to it so they've said in the election mm. i'm not doing i'm not going to become a departmental member i'm not going to become knows? a minister i mean yep. i don't want to serve the constituency and then they realize actually i get to pay up list of being a minister not <laughs> a departmental <laughs> member that's of no use now that's of no consequence mm. they don't really get any benefits a lot of They're them do say it. a lot of Would them do, do say it? depends what i'm doing depends who the chief chief minister is mm. um 
but I was surprised how a lot of sort of um, people that aren't currently MHKs um, have said that they'd quite like to be uh, in Komen, uh, which is quite surprising because um, usually they don't they want to just start out as a backbencher and well, then I, I, I don't think necessarily they, they might want usually they should I would say start out as a backbencher unless obviously they've had prior uh, legislative experience mainly because there is it's such a steep learning it curve is, to get used to the team unless which you're is already well versed in the team which is processes. what a lot of candidates have been saying look I've mm. got the experience um, and I suppose there will be a little l lacking of experience depending, de who gets depending on who gets in mm. and obviously we're going to have at least uh, four MHKs not returning uh, you've yeah. got Chris Robert Shaw um, Bill Shimmons um, the Chief Minister and Lawrence Skelly mm. and uh, currently two of them are ministers so but it's again it's fascinating because usually the advice is you spend like the first six months just listening then you maybe have your maiden speeches of UK advice and then you maybe get more involved in your first term isn't really trying to be that ministerial you might raise up in your second term you might you know fly out the ranks but it, it, it's a lot to take on and you want someone with experience with kind of that 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 self-assuredness about themselves really to take that responsibility so it will be. It must be. It will be a fascinating uh, election, I think. Definitely. Uh, to see the results come in, and we may, me may be locked in until the late hours, which yes. will be quite entertaining. But I think we have got plans to carry on speaking about um, mm. all Isle of Man general election uh, bits and bobs next week. Yeah. Um, so I think now would be a, a good time to move on to some current affairs. Well, let's first. We Oliver and I produced a program. Um, you know, it went out the other night. It did. Uh, it's youth in election. You can access, you can access it on the uh, Max Radio website under podcasts. It's entitled Youth in Election. It's obviously opening theme uh, to it. It was, I must say, rather fun to produce. And we spoke to a variety of people, including the chief minister of all people, which was, yeah. I suppose, most, most surprising, uh, considering with Max Radio, who the chief minister seemingly doesn't speak to, apparently. Yes, in the background right now, you can hear uh, our opening, which is um, little uh, bits from mm. Manx Radio's coverage of the 2016 general election. I can remember staying up quite quite late that evening mm. uh, with the radio on, listening to all the coverage, and I, I'm sure um, you're looking forward to actually sort of um, being a part of 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 well, election nights. Well, it's uh, also it's just it's just sitting there, uh, being locked in locked yes, in locked in, in Pearson Junior Centre, and, and getting to see candidates' faces, yes. um, whether they get in and whether they don't get in. So hopefully it's not. Oh, it'd be quite fun, it'd be quite entertaining if we uh, there's recounts after recounts, so we're stuck there till three a.m. <laughs> we're going crazy. Oh yes, they're going crazy. <laughs> locked in a room, we but, can't get out. Let but, us out. But but definitely yes. do uh, check out uh, the Youth in Election program. We had a great time recording it, and uh, I do have to say it's it's quite good, isn't it? Yes. Well, there will. <laughs> Will be a follow-up exclusive uh, podcast, um, which is including three full-length interviews, including one which we couldn't unfortunately fit in to our timescale, and also the full-length Chief Minister interview with uh, an absolutely brilliant mic test. Um, Indeed. That, that was my favourite part of the programme. Indeed. Um, yes. So, yeah, we're moving on to our current affairs. So, we're looking at what have been some of the news stories for the past week. Um, so, we've seen a clean seas protest in Peel. Staff have been frustrated at the back-to-school plans uh, regarding COVID. Uh, government has responded over COVID-19 statistic deaths. Um, Quayle, Howard Quayle, the Chief Minister, went to the House of Commons to meet the Justice Select Committee. 
election banners have been removed and defaced and as well as that youth parliament plans have completely disappeared as well as that jason manford comedian was at the isle of man um performing last night and as uh, blames the fairies for fog delay <laughs> sorry for um giving you so many headlines there but i just thought they were quite interesting and i managed to uh not fit it in in the time oh indeed i, I um, think the clean the clean seas uh, i tried to pick process, my, yeah, yeah. Process, that did actually fascinate me because i didn't realize we were still actually i thought that had been sorted a while ago that we're still actually pumping yes, yeah. raw sewage into the sea yes and uh, did you see that next to a public beach of did, all places yes um I know that the government have started to publish um, some of... Um, I know like every week now they have to um, put the water bathing standards in. Yeah, it's yeah. found online. And we've always known that Peel has been quite atrocious. I uh, for standards. But <laughs> Did you see that uh, drone picture? I did, uh, yes. Right by the harbour of the seagulls well, feasting yeah, yeah. in on the feces. <laughs> yes, but I, feasting I, I, on the feces, yes. Yes, I, I tried to um, pick some of... Um, the ones the the, the, the so, new sorry, stories. I was gonna say I, I thought we were familiar to go and say I tried to pick some of the fishies out of the water. <laughs> yeah, indeed, but I tried to. Uh, yes. Sorry for so many headlines, but I tried to pick out the ones that um, favoured me. But election banners being removed and defaced, I have witnessed and seen them myself. Being uh, you saw so you saw someone doing no, it. No, I no I oh no 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 no. Was it you doing it? No, was it? No, I completely deny those allegations being currently made against me, Archie. Um, but I've I've witnessed um, going past a poster and seeing stickers put on them. Mm, I think it's ridiculous. Yeah. I think it's outrageous that someone would go to the time and effort to ruin and sabotage someone's campaign. Mm. Um, well, it's low. It's a low ball. It low is. Ball. It's it's not um, it's not acceptable at all. Well, the um, chief chief minister speaking to the UK Justice Select Committee. We again saw uh, he, he I think refused he refused to give a comment to um, Max Radio, so they went to speak to obviously the Jersey External Relations Minister, which I thought was brilliant. We're a Manx as a as a Manx Island. He hasn't really spoken to the Manx News. Uh, it's just quite fascinating. Yes, and we've not had any um, or many COVID nineteen briefings of of late, but I think that's because they um, don't really want to bring in any of the ministers that are standing for election because it could be seen as trying to boost their their campaign mm. but um we've not really heard much from him um it's it maybe it's going to be a, a quiet farewell from him i suppose he is coming to the end of his, his 10 years in his political career and um i suppose he, he's, he's got a bit more responsibility now is he's also heading up um mm. the department for enterprise as well um but youth parliament plans. Hopefully, we'll see more of more more action on this. Yeah, something have... mentioned in our program. It was it was quite disappointing to see they just went into thin air. And apparently, Junior Tim, which which is unfortunately cancelled in co- by COVID in July, is hopefully being moved to November. So we can oh, see some sort of youth inve- engagement there. Yes. Um, and another news item I was particularly happy to see. It, well, happy so far, and God forbid it doesn't ever happen. Uh, for at least in the foreseeable future, is there's no plans to increase national insurance on Ireland. That's hit the UK, uh, where they're increasing it. I can't remember by the with one point something percent. They're having Crikey. a national insurance raise, which is quite fascinating considering in the uh, their manifesto, the Conservatives said, under no circumstances we will give a guarantee. Under no circumstances will we raise tax and will we raise national insurance. And yes, whilst you may argue that COVID is extenuating circumstances, it doesn't raise 
that much extra money, but puts a lot of pressure onto mm-hmm. those uh, lower socioeconomic households, which I think is, is not is not acceptable. I'm I don't think it was a good move uh, to just plow money into uh, the black uh, black abyss. Really, it's just it's just, it's just pumping money. And it's not working on the efficiency. It's not working on improving stuff. It's just pumping money and putting, throwing money at it, Indeed, which doesn't which necessarily doesn't do solve anything. Things, no. It doesn't solve anything. Um, so I'm glad we're at least not in the UK mm-hmm. and subject to that. A bit of a, a light-hearted news story here. Um, comedian Jason Manford was performing last night at the Gaiety Theatre, and um, it was quite. And it's still. Oh, it's gone a lot foggier now. Uh, just looking out the studio window. We can't actually here see the. Can, we, can, we, can we see the gaiety from here? I I can't from um, my seat. Just about. There's a faint outline, but um, Jason Manford's joked that he's being punished uh, for not saluting the Manx fairies to why he's been delayed by um, fog. But I that, do understand. Teach him. I do teach understand him. that he's now. It's not um, a joke, Oliver. It's he, deadly serious. He, he did put um, Isle of Man flight home cancelled. Send jet ski and snacks. Ah, uh, yes, but, indeed. But uh, I do understand that he's now on the ferry because uh, he needs to get back to, across to the mainland to perform in his gig at Chester's night. And he, he did comment that he's going to roll up five minutes before his show this evening. <laughs> so um, that's that's quite a lighthearted um, news story there for you. So, Archie, you did say you've got something to talk about. Uh, regarding vaccine passports. Indeed, yeah. The UK does look like it will seem to introduce some form of vaccine passports at the end of September, which I don't necessarily think is the best way to go about it. Because while well, vaccines, yes, they do protect, obviously, against uh, against the severe effects of the I, virus. I don't know, Archie. Do... I, don't, I don't think they do. <gasps> Oliver, let's not have any satire <laughs> here for now. <laughs> we left that at the door. We left it at the door. Uh, but they do, they do protect you against, and, again, stop you getting seriously ill in the majority of cases. Um, but the studies have now recently shown, I think it was, I, I read it in the Telegraph a couple of weeks back, that the vaccine doesn't whilst it reduces your risk of catching it to a degree mm-hmm. it does not reduce your viral load once you've got reinfected and it doesn't stop you being necessarily reinfected so if you've got double jabs you don't have to be tested you can go into these pubs these clubs and you're still spreading covid just as much as the unvaccinated yes, person no, was indeed. so it doesn't make sense why you're creating this two-tier society between those who have the vaccine those who don't even though they spread it and they have the same viral it, it load. It is true and it, it does affect everyone mm. differently and the best thing that it is is if you are uh, vulnerable and get get jabbed. Yeah, get jabbed. I, under- I understand completely if people don't want to get it you know that is that's up to them but the best thing is is that as, if as many of us can get jabbed that's how we're going to you know, put our foot down on this. Well, and, we even we even had that. This. We even had that here. That was one of the main uh, actual uh, things which we had to. Well, it was almost like forceful persuasion to get the vaccine. Is because tourists coming over here who can equally quite as easily infect me with COVID, and mm-hmm. they don't get tested. They just come straight in because they're double jabbed, and they could infect me quite easily with COVID uh, if I was to come in contact with them, mm-hmm. which I don't actually tend to do. Yes. Um, but they come in, and I come in, and I have to be tested. I have to quarantine. Um, because I don't, I'm not jammed, and I'm a resident here, and I have just as much risk as spreading it. So I don't see, I don't see necessarily the problem with saying, well, you must do a lateral flow test, or you must have your PCR test when you come in. You have it very easily; it takes like thirty seconds to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the and when you come in off the boat, you have your lateral, you have your PCR test, and then if you're positive, well, you have to then isolate. That's that's all. I would well, say the people have been calling for border testing for mm. quite a while, but they've said. You you know, um, the... it's, no, but it's, it's keeping it saying, well, either we don't have border testing for anyone, 
uh, or we have boarding testing for everyone. It's giving that fairness, yes, I think, to society is necessary. Definitely. Oh, well, I, I was down at the um, the clinic mm. a couple of weeks ago, and uh, I got there quite early. It was just I wanted to get in, yeah. get out, straight to get my vaccine. Um, I wasn't expecting there to be loads of people there. I walked <laughs> out the door, and oh my goodness, there was a Did queue. Did you have the queue? No, I, I was, oh, I yeah, was number in, 22 yeah. or whatever. Straight, oh, okay, straight okay, in, yeah. straight out. Brilliant. Uh, fantastic and job. And I saw the queue, I I saw the queue to... on social media. Yeah. It's ridiculous. It was, Crazy. it was, and uh, you know, yeah, that's 16, good, si- but, very good yeah. to hear that 16, 17 year olds have uh, 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 done uh, what I think is the right thing and, and got got at least one. Or I thought least... you said they didn't work, Oliver. <laughs> that was me making a joke there, Archie. I know, I know. <laughs> but it was, it was quite shocking to see those giant, absolutely giant queues. I think it was much better when you see the queue-wise when they set up the appointment-only clinics. Yes. It seems a lot more efficient, um, mainly the drop-in clinics, because there's such long queues. It's almost, I suppose I don't it's want to just, wait 40 minutes. I suppose it's for young people, you know, it's easier mm. if you just put something out on social media, get down to the clinic today and get the jab, instead of when you get have to put appointments and you know young people cannot always be the most reliable and not necessarily <laughs> they're slanderous they, they might they slanderous. might forget it's better that if most young if you said to most young people um go down to chester street today and you can get your jab a lot of them would go whereas if they forgot or missed their appointment mm. or you know didn't wake up in time or something like that then you know it probably wouldn't be the easiest way not saying that you know all young people well they already don't wake up for school so you know <laughs> uh, but another thing interesting coming this week was the u.s constitution uh got a trigger warning really yes so it was on the national archives which is obviously run by the u.s government and it's the engrossed declaration of independence and it has a uh, harmful language alert Right. Which is quite crazy. It's, it's a document. It's a, I don't see the need now to start to flag up stuff with um, maybe harmful language or trigger warning when it's a government document and it's a historic piece. And it's not like I don't see really what's triggering uh, triggering about it. And it's the, the epic cues it gave. The general disclaimer was it may uh, some items may reflect racist, sexist, ableist, misogynistic, uh, misogynist, which is a new term I've read here for the first time i've not seen it before as uh, xenophobic opinions and attitudes it may be discriminatory towards or include diverse views on sexuality gender religion and more include graphic content of effects or it, it, I, just, I just didn't i didn't get why uh, you know is the u.s constitution of all things yes i mean we cannot erase our our hist our mm. history and things in the past um I, I take it it was a thing a a document from quite a while ago it was the Declaration of Independence. Oh, right, yes. I, I didn't quite catch that bit. <laughs> yeah. Okay, you know, um, yeah, we can't erase these things. I think, you know, th- things should be, you know, remain there um, because it's, it's it's good to, to see what's what's gone on and if bad language has been used to learn from that. Yeah, I, it was, it was, it, it, it was quite shocking that it was the Declaration of Independence mm-hmm. now... Uh, slaps trigger warnings and the constitution as well has a trigger warning And how warning it's on. only just only gone noticed now is, is a bit odd. Well, I think it was only put in recently. Oh, really? Yeah, and then it's, it was it, it just, it was a number of solutions to the problem of providing historical documents and increasing diverse community. Uh, it was, it just didn't make sense why they're doing it. It seems a bit pointless. Yeah. And it is, it is in my view, the world going mad. Uh, <laughs> assume we'll have trigger warnings on everything. The I think it was in Cambridge... Uh, there was the classics department had a museum and they had to they're going to put up signs or after a student petition to like uh, explain why the whiteness in marble statues 
It's white marble. It's no, it's not white marble. Sorry, it's plaster statues. <laughs> plaster of Paris is white. It's the raw material. They didn't need to dye. They were, yes, they were originally painted, but the main argument was the whiteness in it. And I just thought they're not white. And I got someone arguing to me, and I <laughs> tweeted or posted about it, saying, um, "Oh yes, it's more. To, it's more about white. The white features presented. And I think it's utterly ridiculous to have white features. There's no scientific backing for having." Uh, race specific features that is, is not actually specific to race which is fascinating I got that argument back at me from someone trying to justify uh, something like racial warning <laughs> using more that, that source of language it doesn't make sense but in my view I think it is the world gone mad in that mm-hmm. regard it was quite shocking to see uh, well, you never know. Oh, the UK doesn't have a constitution to slap one on so indeed, indeed. I don't think <laughs> they getting one there um, but another thing in, in this in this regard, maybe we should start what GB News have the woke watch <laughs> oh, uh, was on a Churchill Foundation. Um, it was I've forgotten what it was. They they were kind of uh, brushing airbrushing Churchill's history or something. Um, I can't remember exactly what it was. I saw it today on BBC News. Churchill was uh, talking about. Uh, and it was kind of a Churchill's. Uh, yes, it was a charity set up in Winston Churchill's honours. Changed its name and removed all pictures of him on the website, uh, which the Ch- Winston Churchill Memorial Trust is now calling it the Churchill uh, Fellowship. Right. Wow. Yeah, ranting today. I am. You are indeed. Uh, I Archie. am indeed. You need to stop watching that GB <laughs> news. It's getting bad for you. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't. I must. Say, I don't watch it at all. <laughs> really? I, I, don't, I don't tune in. No. Oh, that's a sh- that's um, a shame. I thought you would have done. I, I do watch the. I, there is a blooper channel I follow though. Uh, which was all the bloopers. bloopers are awful. So many bloopers. I'm sorry, but it's yeah. a very unprofessional news channel. You know. Mm. Uh, I I was not impressed when I've seen the bloopers. I think it's awful, and I remember it had only been running for about a week, and there seemed to be about a thousand bloopers. You know, I know. even yeah. I, I I'm a regular watcher of of Sky of News. Uh, no, of Sky News. GB News. Sky News. GB. Uh, <laughs> Sky News. And I think it's absolutely great. I've never seen a fault on there at all. But this GB oh, News. I, I love the faults on BBC though. They um, are funny. Like what? Hugh Edwards just doesn't yes. turn up to the desk and walks in. No, or the one way. with uh, Victoria Derbyshire the other week, the yeah. high heels. Yeah. Or I, lo- I must say, that my favourite part is on BBC Radio 4 when a presenter accidentally goes over the news. They like receive thousands of complaints, or hundreds of complaints saying you went over the beeps. They actually get complaints if they go over the beeps, so they can't go over the beeps. It must be well, silent. I mean, the, be- the, the beeps the pips, are, sorry. The, you know, the, the, the yeah. pips, they're, yeah. they're quite iconic. So. But going back to this really. Churchill thing, um, it was that it's quite shocking how the Winston Churchill Memorial Trust, which is all about Winston Churchill and kind of looking at his legacy, kind of giving his legacy and you know set up in his name to like memorialise him, now changed the Churchill Fellowship. All the pictures of Winston Churchill, be, most of them have been replaced by the charity's chief executive, and it now has racism disclaimers across the across all its pages, uh, due to some of the views expressed by the ex prime minister. It's quite it's quite. It's, it's quite shocking what's what's happening in the world, in my view. Uh, well, that's has, your yeah, view, Archie. It is my view, it? indeed. <laughs> and you're, um, you're, you know, you're entitled to yes, that. To and that if you have view. a different view, you're not entitled to it, obviously, because <laughs> that's what seems to be happening. Uh, oh. But yeah, that, that that that's my my rant for the week, I'd say. Well, well, next week we're hopefully going to be looking into a, a bit about voting here on the Isle of Man and what to do on September the twenty third, twenty third, and also we're going to hopefully. Uh, look at different parts of the election and or you know um government over here as part of our mini series on looking forward to our next um 
next sort of um, yeah. adventure on the Isle of Man with politics, uh, which is going to be very exciting. I know we'll be back to our normal broadcasting after the chief minister's election. We've seen the cabinet sworn in and we'll still be doing bits by then. And we'll hopefully get be getting some guests on to discuss bits about kind of the may kind of key political issues after after that. So we're back to our normal style of programming. But we do hope you, you enjoy this sort of mini series as dis- obviously still discussing the major issues in the world today, uh, as we do like to do. Like, we like to rant on this podcast. So if you do, do want to come indeed. on at any time, I think it'd be good to welcome you on. So do, do, do drop us a message, either Oliver and I or the page itself. And if you want to come and have a rant, you are youth, and you want you want to have come and have a rant about something political, let us know. I'm, I'm sure we'll be able to discuss your topic at length. Indeed, you've been politibabbled. <laughs>